You are listening to Mommying While Muslim Podcast, where hosts Uzma and Zeba share their personal stories of mommying in a post-9-11 world. This podcast is designed with the Muslim American mom in mind, so grab a cup of coffee and pull up to their table. Assalamualaikum, everyone. This is Uzma Jaffrey with Mommy Mom Muslim. Assalamualaikum. This is Zeba Hassan. Hey, Zeba. How's it been going this week? You, you know what? Like, I have to say, like, I am so, you know, counter to what people think. I'm actually um, an introvert, as people know, you know, which is why I always flake out for mom's <laughs> night outs and all that. Everybody knows that. Um, so I've been really enjoying just kind of like being with the kids during this Ramadan. And I feel like this is the first time, you know, I've complained in years past. I'm not going to lie that I'm hangry and angry and tired. But this Ramadan, I think because um, there's a lot more downtime during the day, I definitely feel more uh, or better rested. And that's definitely, for me, sleep is a huge thing. As you know, I'm always trying to give you lectures about sleep. But what about you? I had to take a page out of your book um, and have the talk with my nine-year-old daughter. That was something. Oh, did that happen? That totally happened. So how did that go? And and what do you mean by that? The talk, the birds and the bees talk, the period talk. What are we talking about here? Well, it was kind of a mix of everything. So it started with my introduction of the depilatory arts. So from that, as we're talking about hair removal, she started asking more questions and the questions just kind of built on top of each other and I didn't want to lie, so I kept answering them. So the final result of the night is, my daughter is absolutely devastated. She hates men, she hates being a woman, and her daily dua in Ramadan, pre-Maghrib time, is gonna be, Ya Allah, don't ever let me hit puberty. So I think I did it all wrong. No, 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 no. Like, like how you should explain it, honestly, because even uh, my Zara has the same. She still sometimes goes through that. Like, God, it's just really tough. I'm like, listen, you get the blessing of, inshallah, one day being a mother. And for, for me personally, that that kind of like... I would rather be the mom than the dad. No offense to our dads out there. So I just tell her that for me is such a blessing and it doesn't matter how much pain, effort it takes for me to get there. So that's just my my two cents for whatever it's worth. But I'm glad you had the talk now. It's better to get it done and over with. I tried your thing. Yeah, just be honest. Where you were like, oh, but this is the way that we have babies. And she's like, I'm good not having babies now. I don't want to be a mom anymore. I'm exactly. not even getting married. I'm done. So. I'm done. Don't do that. No, I have Here to say, go. yeah, maybe nine is a little <laughs> bit too young, but she's very mature and inshallah, it should be totally fine. And I'm so glad that you had this conversation. And the fact that she felt open to ask you these questions, it's always uncomfortable, but I'm glad you got it done, mama. Thank you very much. It was hard, but I did it. So like, what's new for you this week? Like, I know you were talking about perhaps like some Quran-based learning for adults and kids. Like what's going on with that? Um, so my daughter is in a Quran class that meets once a week and that's for kids and they're studying one Sura and doing kind of a little bit of exegesis. And what I really like is um, they're doing some um, art. So it's kind of like Quran journaling for kids. Oh. So they're doing that. And then I start uh, my adult Quran lessons working on my pronunciation because no matter how good you think you are, yeah. you can always improve, right? So, mm -hmm. and then the soapbox for today is just to hashtag light it blue for fallen healthcare workers every single Thursday. If y'all can change your profile pics to a light blue and, um, or you can look up the light it blue frame for your profile picture. 
And that way we can honor our healthcare workers and their families, those who have been on the front lines and have passed as a result of their work. That's just amazing. And definitely will be lighting blue. I like that you're wearing blue today. So I wish I got the memo and I could have done that. But, you know, you, I really appreciate like you, my brother, my sister-in-law, Mashallah, all of our families that's in the medical field that go to work every day um, and put their, their lives online. Like it's, it's, you know, I, I don't know what we'd be doing right now without them. So we will be definitely lighting it blue on Thursday. Um, but considering, you know, people on the front line, we are going to uh, talk about this month, all of our power, we're going for the power people on the front lines to the power moms for the month. As we know, um, May is Mother's Day, daddies and kiddos. It's on Sunday. So in case you're forgetting the day of the week, um, I had to quickly send my moms and my mother-in-law stuff today. I was like, oh my God, it's this Sunday. Um, so in case you've forgotten, um, go make your cards and your paper your paper flowers and get that done for your mamas today. But I actually wanted to start off and kick off this month, this week um, with Power Moms. And we start with uh, a young hijabi woman who was a reporter in Austin. Um, and we she's a, an amazing force over there and kind of breaking a lot of the stereotypes. And, and you know, Osma brought her up to me and I was like, oh, we should have her on and she's like you know she's awesome but why not have her mom on like how cool would that perspective and that point of view be because how did she raise such a resilient young lady um in the in the media world uh, in austin texas nonetheless and how does she get that done so we're excited today to have her mama on dardana rahman joins us today to kind of tell us how to raise kids in the face of diversity and really go and live their dreams to the best of their abilities so thank you so much dardana and Ramadan Mubarak. Assalamu alaikum. Ramadan Mubarak to you guys too. Thank you. Jazakallah khair. Thank you. I'm humbled to be here. Thank you for thinking of me. I know you like to downplay what a significant role you have. And, you know, Dordana is super awesome about always saying, but my daughter does the work, but my daughter does the work. And alhamdulillah, she's an amazing person, an amazing young woman, but that comes from somewhere. You yeah. know, that seed was planted somewhere and I'm going to guess it was yours. Oh, Jazakallah khair. Thank you. But again, I think, um, honestly, I boil it down to du'as, du'as, du'as. <laughs> and, we, you know, we can't say enough about uh, about that, of course. Um, but it does take a village, and I can't take all the credit for it. And um, it starts out also with, uh, you know, people around her. She has a very good uh, surrounding of friends, uh, aunts, uncles, my parents, um, her grandparents and, uh, you know, the community too, you have to be very careful what kind of community that you decide to raise your kids in. But bottom line is the environment at home. And, uh, my husband and I are on the same page a lot when it comes to certain things, how we get there is sometimes, you know, we butt heads on that. <laughs> so in the end, they get a full perspective of what's out there and then they can decide as long as it's in the path of halal, you know, and the rest is, is you know, you have to give them a lot of freedom. You have to, you do have to give them a lot of freedom to choose. That's all really good advice. But I remember when I first asked you this question, like, how do you make an awesome kid? And you were like, oh, it's du'a. And, you know, that's like the pin and the balloon that deflates you. It's like, no, but I'm looking for the manual. Where's the instruction manual? <laughs> so I actually asked my kids because I have four boys. Thahad is my only daughter. And then I have four boys after that. Mashallah. Um, and I had asked them all, I said, you know, um, somebody wants to ask me, uh, you know, what 
I did as a mom that you love me so much? And uh, what is I did that there are times when you want to pull your hair out and, you know, <laughs> drive out and come back an hour later? They said, um, you know, I asked Tahira too, and I said, do you think that it's something that you could, you know, maybe give me one or two points? They said, you know, mom, you always have our back. For example, you know, you hear a lot of moms saying, oh my God, the kids are home now. You know, how, what, how am I going to handle the kids? I'm going to pull my hair out, all that kind of stuff. I don't think we realize when the kids hear it, how they feel. I mean, what if your spouse or your children said, oh my God, my mom is home. You know, how, how am I going to deal with that? That's hurtful. And we're adults and we can handle it. So how do you expect your kids to handle that? Exactly. And and we don't realize, like we think we might be joking or whatever the case may be, but they don't think that way. It doesn't come across that way to them. So being mindful um, and conscientious of what you say when they're around is very, very important. So thank you so much um, for telling us this. But what I wanted to know, since it seems like Uzma is a little bit more familiar with you, but where is Dordana from and how does she get here and how can we learn from you? I was, uh, you know, born in India, but came at a very young age when I was only five. However, um, I, you know, India is like a still, as those of us who grew up here, we know mm-hmm. that, you know, our mother countries become a foreign land to visit and our home is America. So I am the product of public school, but my Islamic school, um, Sunday school, uh, had a big impact on me. I was very small. There's a lot I do take from my parents as well. Like my dad, every single day, would wake up uh, as six kids at budget time, and he would all uh, rotate us to uh, make his lunch. A couple of us would make his lunch and breakfast, while the rest of us would read Quran with him, one page a day, every wow. day, uh, with with meaning, without fail, every day at Fajr, no matter what. Yes. So if you were one of those that could not pray or, or read the Quran, then you were making lunch for him. And it was, and we talked about that in our 20s. Our sister's like, God, Abu so was so abusive. But now I look back and I thought that really molded us. We did the lawn work. We did everything that boys should have done, you know, shoveling and all of that. And now I, I realize that that's what made us the way we are, that we can handle everything here. You know, we can be a super mom. After that, by the way, then I got married at 19, went to college while I had my kids and I loved my teaching. And then I ended up being a principal of a school. And alhamdulillah, the main thing is that I was with my kids for the majority of the time. Um, so, and, and Tahira actually went to school with me. When I was 19, when I went back to school at about 23 uh, and I went into education, Tahira was very, um, I think she was five at that time. And I used to just take her with me to college. I had no clue you couldn't. So she would sit next to me and I would have a coloring book and all the other students. So cool. these, yeah. It was and the professors never said anything. And I'm and this was way back in the nineties. So, you know, um, and she would sit there with her coloring book and her brother Janaid would sit there with the coloring book and all the other, you know, student teachers would be, oh, they're so cute. And I think that really set her. Uh, you know, their kids for their um, organization skills and, you know, having that okay sense of what things are important. Yeah, that's really great training for them early. Because I mean, when we went to school, and it wasn't that long after the 90s when we were in college. And I remember moms bringing their kids in and I would always be like, 
oh my God, you're amazing bringing your baby to class. Like, thank you for setting that example and setting the bar. So when we finally entered our professional lives, we didn't have that hiccup either. We felt comfortable taking our kids as a result of these pioneers like yourself who brought the kids in and showed it, this is normal. This is like an appendage. I have given birth to this person that I now have to carry with me everywhere. And I think that normalizing that um, children in the workplace is kudos to you for doing that. That's awesome. Can you talk a little bit about your professional work as an educator? So uh, I, I started out in Islamic schools, which was very important for me because my kids were going already to the preschools. Um, after that, I moved to public school. And around uh, when Tahira was in her ninth grade, we moved to Doha, Qatar for a few years. My school over there was um, that I worked at was a diplomat school and it, very nice. I, you know, um, worked for the special needs department over there, learning disabilities. Then we ca I came back here and then I was the principal of an Islamic school again. And uh, then after Tahira became um, the first hijabi news reporter in America for mainstream media, I became her uh, manager her momager. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Like, I did want to touch upon what you said about taking your kids, taking your kids to school. Um, my mom had to do a similar thing, had a very similar story to yours. And it really was, is for me, such a, an amazing opportunity to see your mom in a different way, right? So I feel like one, that's a great role modeling experience that your kids actually literally sat next to you and watched you do that. But how involved were you with the friendships that your children had? Because, you know, friends after a certain age and you have older children as well become a lot more influential sometimes than your parenting. That's a great question. And honestly, um, I want everyone to know is that uh, my kids and I are very, very close. We talk about everything. There's no holds barred. And that's one of the things that uh, you know uh, my kids were able to tell me about their friends. Mm -hmm. I you cannot judge them. Um, when I start giving advice, when they start saying, they clam up. So I have to listen to everything mm -hmm. and then come around maybe a day or two later and say something. At that moment, don't give advice. You know, I'm thinking in my head, maybe that friend wasn't good for you, or maybe you shouldn't have said that, or maybe, you know, there's so many things I want to say. I don't yes. because they're not going to listen. They're just going to get upset because they're thinking I'm not listening and making judgment mm -hmm. calls. And what happens too, they clam up and they think, and they stop asking you and they stop talking to you, right? If they do feel like you're going to be judgmental, they start pulling away. So you're like, you just literally have to sit on your hands and keep your mouth shut. Like, I feel like that's amazing advice. And you know, and, and all this advice I'm giving is really common sense. And I think a lot of moms know it, but sometimes at the heat of the moment, they can't uh, remember it. You know, you just, it, and I'll see that even as a principal, when I'm, uh, you know, and I see parents drop their kids off or uh, the child, I mean, I was, the kids might be in preschool three, four, they're having a bad day. And the mom is like, you know, turn to us and say, I can't deal with this kid. You take him. And, you know, you just don't realize that you've right. just told somebody, your child, I don't want you. I've giving you to somebody else. That's just not fair, you know, to the child. Um, so we want to focus on um, a little bit about how you raised the first Muslim hijabi news reporter. Um, and so I've heard her story 
told by herself. And it was really moving because, you know, she talks about how many times she got kicked in the teeth, basically. And you just kind of brushed her off and picked her back up. We're like, go back. (laughs) Just wiped her face. And we're like, all right, get back into that ring and keep going. And, you know, to find out that you're a mom of boys who happens to have one daughter. I just, you know, I only have one daughter. Like Zeba and I both share that. We're boy moms who happen to have one princess in the house too. And that story was really important to us. And how you taught Tahira to keep going, to get up with her mouth guard on and get back into the fight. We want to know like how you did that and how did it feel? Because as a mom, I wanted to cry for you and for your child when I heard that story. And, you know, um, you have to look at the focus of what your child wants and long term. You really do. You know, when Tara talks about that phone call in her video of how she was crying and she called me, my husband was next to me. And my husband had tears in his eyes and he said, just tell her to come home. She couldn't come home and go out and support her and still get married. (laughs) Of course, the fallback. (laughs) And I, you know, of course, instead I said to her, you know, Mm -hmm. because, you know, we've been through all that, right? right? We've been to it where we've wanted that position. We've wanted that job and or something and it didn't work out. And what did we do? We did pick ourselves up. And if we give the opposite advice to our children, you know, you're teaching, telling them, you, you know, that's okay. Give up. You, you, you have a fallback. You have us, mm-hmm. you know, that's, or, or whatever, you know, you just say, you know, I actually had told her two things. I had told her yeah, that, but you know, you know what you want and you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give it to you. If you say Alhamdulillah for what did happen and then just pick yourself up because you will always regret not doing what you want to do. And you'll always say, what if? And, you know, and that's from the shaitan. So go ahead. And she's always been, um, you know, hanging on words that I've said. And I think it's because I was, you know, someone that uh, she's seen me grow with her. This is the way she has always been, just kind of very focused on uh, this is what I want. So I was really surprised that she had even, you know, had the thought of giving up but it was really just I think frustrating when you are you know in a town where you're the only Muslim at that point and you don't know if you can go on everybody has that a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah you just have to talk them through it and make them realize there's a silver lining to everything and that that's actually really great even when there's a touch of that Islamophobic like racist undercurrent um you know I don't know if there was a racist or you know that's probably something that she can talk about more than anything. Um, but I think in, because throughout her career, she did have that Islamophobic and racist that this was just kind of leading up to it. Uh, she really felt that, um, you know, all of that coming together, I think just kind of pent up at that moment for her. And um, I, you know, in the end, it was that same station, though, that gave her the break that she needed. Alhamdulillah. So the one thing I did want to um, ask you, you know, the fact that she's in a profession that is not very common, right, for our culture. Um, I can't even imagine if I went to my dad and was like, I'm going to be a journalist. He'd be like, yeah, no, if you're not a doctor, what is a doctor, teacher for, you know, a female, then that's just not happening. Um, so so one, 
you mentioned earlier that you came here at a young age. Do you think that that had something to do with your willingness to be open with a different type of career choice? That's my first question. And my second question is, I loved what you said about parenting different kids differently. Like it's not a bad thing to adjust your parenting style that will go and you change your approach so that the kid can understand where you're coming from. When Tahira wanted to be a journalist, yes, she got a lot of resistance from the community. And a funny thing is that, um, you know, there was a member of our family who had said, you know, uh, one of my relatives, extended relatives, who said, you know, Bita, if you do medicine, I will pay for all of it. What is this journalism? Yeah, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, I... I'm very blessed that my husband, even though my husband grew up in India, in Hyderabad, and he came here in his 20s. And his family is very much the everybody needs to be a doctor type thing. Uh, But my husband was always, even with my boys, do what you are. This is America. You can have $2 in your pocket and you can go and start anything. You don't need to have a college degree if college is not for you, but you need to be successful at whatever you you are and you need to follow the thread of Islam. That's all he said. So when Tahira said she wanted to be a journalist, sure, but you know, make sure that whatever you're doing, you have the knowledge and that you have so that when people approach you, when you go out there, that you you know, you are able to speak the truth, that your information is not incorrect. When I was younger, I was very blessed to have read a book uh, when my kids were very young. And I think uh, it had in there um, a, I want to say it was a hadith, I'm not sure, but it said, when your kids, uh, you know, love them unconditionally until the age of seven, then from seven to 14, you know, uh, discipline them and teach them. Then from 14, 15 onward, mm-hmm. be their friend. You're their friend. And I remember reading that. And I remember thinking, you know, at that time, how can 14, you, you, you stop disciplining? How can at 14, you, you, you know, give them that much at your, be the friend, but you know, it's just so true, especially for boys. I feel, you know, girls, of course, you know, but even especially for boys, because at that age, when they start hitting puberty, they want to start making decisions. And if you make decisions for them, it's very frustrating. And you know, another thing is I never, I never hit my kids. I never hit my kids. I feel that is such a humiliating thing to do to anybody. And it's not, a prophet never hit, never demeaned. Mm -hmm never spoke harshly. So why would you possibly think that that's something that is good? Did I answer the second question? It doesn't matter because we got a lot of good information. Um, Now for moms who have these aspirational, amazing kids who are tuned in right now, they have remarkable children and they know they have remarkable children, but they don't know what to do with them um, or how to cultivate that properly. What advice do you have for them? If you have a remarkable child, they're pretty much focused on what they want. Mm -hmm. Don't inhibit them or uh, put the focus a different way, but guide them and lead them up, you know, pick them up, um, you know, because they can do, if they're focused, they can and uh, will do what they want to do. It may seem a little, sometimes things seem a little high or far reaching and you're like, gosh, I don't know, but let them try it because I think with 
children who are a little bit more exceptional, they um, they need to feel the failure themselves. They need to be able to say, I tried it and I, it, that wasn't for me. If you don't give that to them, um, they will always have the what if. And they will say, remember when I wanted to try that and you never let me. So uh, that's the first thing I would say to let them form their own path. Uh, you know, when you have a child that is uh, so is a leader in their personality type A, you will see that it's very difficult for them to adjust to other uh, children and not just type A or type, but it's, you know, they have to find that right niche. Um, it can be very frustrating because they think a little bit above. And so when the other child doesn't get what you're trying to, what that, you know, your child is trying to say, they can get frustrated. And that's one of the things that these moms have to know is you have to consistently come back and teach them. You have to consistently guide them. And one of the things with Tahira is that she's, she actually taught me more than I have taught her, I feel. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, I would say something to her. I was, like I said, we have a very open relationship. And I would, you know, sometimes say something that I was frustrated about. And she would come back and say to me, um, well, you know, mom, I, I see it this way. And she would tell me like, you know, oh, you know, mom, I don't know if you should be upset at this person for that. Uh, you know, let's say I was at the grocery store, or, you know, I was upset about something that happened at the counter. I don't know, you know, you don't know what's going on in their life. You know, let's just be nice to everybody. Anyway. <laughs> I'm like, oh, gosh, I have no one to talk to now. <laughs> I need to see a therapist then if you're not going to listen. <laughs> but that's actually an important lesson, right? The ability and to have the humbleness as a parent, right, to say, I can also learn from you is a huge step in the right direction. So like that yeah. is a very important thing. So what do you want the world to see when we look at your daughter? Oh, um, I want you to see that she's trying very hard. Um, I, I want you to see that she does carry a lot of responsibility on her shoulders. Um, I do want you to see that her first priority in anything she does is how is this gonna reflect on the Ummah? Um, how is this gonna reflect uh, on my people? Um, you know, she has a huge fan base, alhamdulillah, but she also has those haters who will come and say, oh, you know what? In this episode, a little bit of your ankle was showing. When you look at the big scheme of things, this is a person who proved her profession, who, you know, uh, took a whole town who'd never seen a Muslim, who had only had hatred for Muslims to love her. Um, who became, you know, uh, worker of the year in her second year there at her, and all because she was able to portray Muslims in a certain way. I want people to see that she cares about her community, she loves her community, and that um, she really does uh, appreciate and value the support of the community. That's amazing. That's amazing. And that's how we see her. We see her as a fabulous representative of our ummah. Mm -hmm. And we just hope that our kids um, can live up to that example, especially our daughters, to know that they're not limited. Um, and that, you know, no. that makes that motivates Seba and me to work really hard with our girls and make sure that, you know, they know they can achieve anything and that there's nothing standing in their way, even if there's haters out there. Um, we learn from you and the likes of you, like how to deal with that and how to um, give our girls the chops to deal with those people. So Jazakallah khair so much for coming and sharing your wisdom with us today.
Jazakallah for having me. You guys have been awesome. I love this program and I'm looking forward to being, uh, you know, watching more of your podcasts. I love being a part of this. Thank you so much. I'm humbled that you asked me, but there's so many other mothers that, you know, <laughs> could give you just as good advice. Thank you. Inshallah, we'll see you and hope you have a very happy Mother's Day. Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzma on Momming While Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to find the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show as well as to like it on your podcast app of choice because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Momming While Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone.